Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is God in Country, the collision of faith and politics. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer, and founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. With today's edition of God in Country, here is host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Here we are. We're broadcasting on two. I think we are. I hope we are broadcasting on two platforms right now. And so I'm hoping you can hear this. I'm populating this out to the Facebook. So if you follow me on Facebook, if if you're listening on um if you are listening on, what's the name of it? Spreaker, the new one. I don't know how to pull in chat just yet. There's another platform that I can use with them that I haven't familiarized myself yet. So I'm not positive how to do that. But you've reached the collision of faith and politics. And um, <laughs> we are switching away from blog talk radio because of all the problems that we've had. And so I appreciate you being patient. It's awesome that you have been, and uh, I like it. I like that you are. So today, very interesting day, very stormy all over the place. And and I was thinking to myself, self, I called myself that because that's what I call myself when I'm talking to me, because that's why I call myself Sean. Seems kind of weird. Um, all right, it says that there is a chat. So if you log in, let me see, I'll say hello. It's crazy, right? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, it's working. So if you log in, uh, you will see the chat. So feel free to jump in. I know the learning curve is going to be a little bit different, just primarily from the standpoint that I'm learning this, you're learning this, we're all learning this. And quite frankly, you know, it's it's one of those things, you know, it's one of those things. Like, for instance, I'm getting an echo. I'm hearing everything that I'm saying right now. Isn't that fun? I don't want to hear myself once, let alone a whole bunch of times. But uh, I was just thinking to myself, I said, there's storms everywhere. Everywhere we are right now, there are storms. Everywhere you can reach really right now, there are storms. And they're not minor storms. They're huge storms. They're huge. Hey, thanks a lot. Hey, Craig, good to have you, man. You're the you're officially the first one in chat. 
Craig wins first, first one in chat. It's awesome. And I, I have the blog talk radio uh, thing open. And so hopefully if somebody has trouble logging into this one, they can log into the other one. I haven't figured out how to import all my musical stuff <laughs> only because I'm stupid. Uh, but this seems to be working better. And, and my goal, uh, obviously, always is to constantly and consistently improve what we're doing because I hate chumpy stuff. I really, really do. I, I want it to sound good for you. And, and uh, that's that's my goal. And one of the things we're working on with Spreaker, just so you can know what what's up um, on Spreaker, we are having a. Um, what do you call it? An app. Hey, Louise. Awesome. Join right in. Um, we are having an app made for Android and for, there we go. Awesome. Louise is in. We got all the people that matter here. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Audio is outstanding and my browser is not going. Well, the thing is, is we, we, with one, I think uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we had 1.8 million listeners, almost 2 million listeners, 200,000 shy. And the frustration is I, whenever I put out a product, anything that I do, I want it to be excellent. I don't want to fool around with, eh, you know, I want it to be excellent. And so Spreaker has a great record. Uh, they're smaller, obviously, than Block Talk Radio. Block Talk Radio is the biggest there is, but there's a problem with that. The economies of scale don't don't necessarily make it better, and in this case, it's just not. No offense to Block Talk Radio, folks from there have called me and and tried to talk me into staying on that platform. But I've paid for September, so I'm gonna I'm gonna use both, and then once we're finished uh, with what we've paid for, we're just gonna stay right over here. And the goal is to make this a way better uh, thing for you guys. Because I'm, I just, I'm very frustrated with poor quality. I really am. And so we're, we were searching, searching, searching to find something that folks, if they're in their cars, which 82% of the people that listen, and I, and I looked at the, um, yeah, the chat is at the bottom of the page, folks. So if you log into Spreaker, um, look at the bottom of the page. If you look for uh, Shawn Michael Greener, the Ninja Pastor, you'll, you'll find what I'm doing live. And so we're going to improve all that interface. But one of the things we're going to do is we're going to have made a custom app for Android and for iPhone. And what they tell me is that this custom app for Android and iPhone is the bomb. This is what they're telling me. They're just saying it is the bomb. And apparently, all you have to do is click on this app. It'll open within itself, and you'll be able to hear everything clearly. You won't get dropped as many times. Our drop rate is around 60%, which is terrible. It's a problem. So, And everybody was telling me it was an issue, and, and I hate that. I really do. I, I don't like it when people have a hard time it's it's just a drag so thank you for fighting with us man i'll tell you the storms of the world they really seem to be brewing 
obviously disaster. It visited our shores in Texas and and uh, the storm that's running through right now, uh, Irma, is just, oof, we're going to have an update on that in a little bit. Brutal, just brutal. And saying all that to say this, um, there's a lot that comes with that. Obviously, there's a lot of emotional devastation. There's a lot of linear stress. And, and I've explained what linear stress is versus oscillating stress. But the linear stress, um, oh, geez, now we got Jose and Katia join Irma as the fifth and sixth hurricanes of the 2017 Atlantic hurricane season. Man, brutal, brutal. But this one, Irma, is supposed to be um, potentially worse than the one in uh, 1935 that uh, Joe Bastardi of the Weather Channel, we tried to get him on today, and he's, as you might imagine, he's just swamped. I think he's going to be on Hannity here in a little bit, though. But he had already agreed to do that. So, And he and Hannity are real good friends. So he's a good guy, Joe Bastardi, good guy. But he's kind of the head guy at, at uh, the Weather Channel. And I am telling you, man, oh, man, He says this storm, Irma, has the potential to be the worst storm in all of history. It's already the most powerful in all of history. So suffice it to say, we, we are going to experience some serious linear stress here. Linear stress is just straight line stress. You don't get a break from it. Uh, it just stays brutal. It just, it just stays brutal. And, it, you know, I, I know people right now. I'm, I'm good friends with people who are in the path of it. Um, Johnny is at Ross Veterinary Medical School there on, um, I think it's St. Kitts, I think. Um, and it's just getting slammed, and we worry about them. Um, what can you do? You know, grown folk make choices. But the thing is, is, is even with all these storms, you know, Harvey, 60 to 100,000 homes ruined. It's going to be a financial disaster of epic proportion with 50, 60 people dead. They're, going to, they're fully expecting to find more there in Texas. And on top of that, the livestock, the cost for livestock is extraordinary. So then you've got Irma, then you've got Jose and Katia, all these things. They're devastating. They're absolutely devastating. But sadly, I, I think the greatest danger to our country comes from within. You know, we can, we can prepare. We can prepare for um, you can you can freeze gallons of and i and i recommend this freeze gallons of water well in advance and then put them in your refrigerator or your freezer for when your uh, power goes out those will help keep you know they take a long time to thaw um those will help keep your food from spoiling. Now, it, in in this case, let me let me say this. This is just my two cents. And I've been through some hurricanes. I've been I've survived several tornadoes. I survived a tornado that uh, all around me killed a bunch of people uh, when I was in Ohio. And I can tell you, man, tornadoes are brutal. They are brutal. But 
the thing the thing is with a with a with a hurricane you you have a, a pretty fair amount of warning and a lot of people they like my niece and nephew and great nieces uh they're down there in Florida and they're preparing to roll out um they are you know they're but they you know what are you going to do they got horses they've got horses chickens dogs cats right you got all that stuff where where are you going with all that what are you going to do with it you know a lot of people it's very easy to say hey get out of the way of a storm like that and i get it man i'm i'm down but the thing is is some folks they they can't do that they don't have the ability to do that and when you're in that circumstance what do you do somebody somebody uh posted a thing on social media about going back hoping their dog was there they put the dog on the second floor of their house with food and water and just you know when they got rescued i guess the rescuers couldn't couldn't take the dog and my dog is right behind me she's snoozing at my right behind me right behind my chair if i move back a half an inch she's going to get rolled on so i dare not she keeps me safe by the way uh if you're listening and you're expecting all the normal music and everything i just want to remind you i i don't know how to do that yet on spreaker but um i'm going to do a tutorial and they tell me we'll be in good shape they say it's super easy so i've just got to import it and or we'll record new i don't know what so no worries all that stuff's going to work in fact i'm told that this works so much better and so far so good except for that echo and i don't know how to get rid of that i'll figure that out after the show i'm afraid to press any buttons on this console because if i press a button <laughs> i'm afraid i'll cut the recording off or something you know i'm not tech savvy people people think that i am and and they laugh when I tell them I'm not. I'm I am not tech savvy at all, not at all. So, I mean, I use the heck out of tech, but I just force it to work by sheer anger and swear words. And um, so, it's, people were saying, you, you know, I hope my dog gets back, and they were interviewing. Him. And look, I understand. You know, when the boat comes, and you say. You know, we can't take your dog where we're going. They won't take dogs. So, you know, come on. I have to, I just have to tell you, you guys know how I'm about my dog, Buckeye. There's no way in this world I'm leaving her. I told my family, I said, if you guys got to go, I get it. I understand. We'll get on this third floor here and uh, we'll we'll ride it out. And if it kills us, it kills us. We'll be together. But there's no way in this world I'm leaving my little doggy. There's just no way. I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't physically drive away or ride away on a boat with my little dog looking out the window going, Daddy, I thought you told me you're going to protect me forever. I thought you told me you'd never leave me behind. I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. I'd rather die. And I mean it. People say that, you know and and they're all cavalier but the reality of it is for me there's no way i can't do it can't i'd rather die so that got me to thinking about all the people out there that 
that have these super tough decisions to make. And I didn't have to think very hard on it because, like I said, my my niece Casey and Ray and and Addie and my little soldier, she I call her my little soldier. She goes to military school. She's killing it, Ella. She's Ella, Ella the sergeant. She's killing it over in military school down in Florida. But they they have to leave. I mean, they already had flooding from the rain from Harvey. You know, so they're you know, and they have a beautiful home, and but it's you know, who knows what you find when you come back. So. I did, and I just tell you this: if you're ever in a flood or you ever have a water situation, um, I will. I'm going to share some uh, tips, some real tips. These are a lot of you don't know. I, I've had a few businesses. I've uh, been an estate financial and estate planner, registered investment advisor for like I don't know how many years, over ten years, some some over ten years, but but then uh, a business. Uh, my wife runs the the cleaning side of the business now. I'm completely disabled, but I used to do uh, mold remediation, really a thousand contaminants. I was certified um, um, expert uh, expert testimony. I could testify all the way up to Supreme Court and um, certified mold inspector, certified mold remediation contractor. And so that's what I did. That was the side of the business that I did. And we did that for quite some time. Maybe it was 10 years. I don't know. I don't remember. After the crash, I don't remember things. You know, what length of time. I don't have any concept of that. But it was a long time. And it was a very successful business. And it was hard. But I rose to the top and, and uh, was involved in some policymaking, things like that, for the industry. Uh, but one of the things that one of the things I'm going to do today is I'm going to give you some tips. Uh, if you have a mold situation, a water intrusion, what to do. And if you know, you're know you down in Texas or Louisiana or Florida or whatever, and you're going to be the one doing it, or you're going to be the one hiring the people to do it, these are going to be some good tips from you. you know, these are real stuff. So I'm hoping that uh, at least somebody will benefit from it. And, and if you don't follow me on Facebook or Twitter, uh, it's just facebook.com backslash SM Greener, as in Sean Michael Greener. And you can follow me at Twitter at the Ninja Pastor. And uh, thank you, everybody, telling me you're in. Um, it's This is new, and I appreciate your patience. I'm, I'm not magic. As much as I wish I was magic, I'm not magic. So I have to muddle through. But, but all this said to say, and Louise is, in chat is absolutely correct. It's sad because all these people who lost everything and they have no insurance. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Because um, one of the things I did in, in uh, risk management uh, or in estate planning is risk management. And in risk management, you use a lot of different tools to offset, um, y- you know. Anyway, we'll talk about it. It's, it's a tough topic. It's tough for a lot of people. Um, it's it's the roughest time in your life, and there and and uh, there's this kid named I say kid he's in his twenties Matt Finn uh, with Fox News, and he's been on the ground. Uh, he and Griff Jenkins and and I, I don't know Matt, but I know Griff. Griff's a great guy, super good guy. He's gonna be on here at some point. Uh, but as you see, if you follow Fox News, Griff Jenkins is. If there's a bad, dangerous place to go, Griff Jenkins 
the bravest man uh, Colonel Oliver North has ever known. Um, he, I will tell you, um, he's just a great guy, great family guy, great surfer, just a good person, man. He's a good person. And he's in the thick of it too. But this kid, Matt Finn, I say kid, I shouldn't say that. that I don't mean if he's, yeah, ever listens to this, why would he? I don't know. But he, he really is uh, a neat young man. And I, this is really getting to him. You can tell. You can really tell that the linear stress here is really getting to him. To see this devastation and to talk to people as they come back on these boats. See, it's one story when you go for the person, you're in the boat, and you grab them out. I'll get back to the dog thing. I'm going to remind myself. Um, but it's one thing to be rescued, to video that and to interview people as they're being rescued. But then once they, once the authorities allow you to go back to your home, that's a whole nother thing completely. I mean, to tell you, that's devastating. When you see people look at their home um, and it's ruined or it's, it's just left of ruin, just shy of ruined. So that means a lot of work's going to have to be done. And guess what? Insurance isn't going to cover 94% of it. Yeah. And then people say, well, why didn't the people have insurance? They had insurance. The problem is, is the insurance they had wasn't the right kind of insurance. It's not that they bought the wrong kind. It's just homeowner's insurance, by and large, does not cover flood as a peril. You say, well, why didn't they have the National Flood Insurance Pro, uh, NFIP? Why didn't they have that? Because it's not offered to people if you're outside the floodplain. Who tells you if you're in the floodplain? Well, you call a number or you go on the web, you punch your address in, or and you see. Some flood insurance is terribly expensive, terribly expensive. And other flood insurance is, is really a, uh, a pretty inexpensive, obviously, comparative to the level of, of risk that you're assuming by it. Do you live near a body of water? Do you live, you know, are you a coastal person? Whatever the case may be. My point in all that is this, is that lots and lots of people, the, the lion's share of the people there in Houston are not covered because they're not in a floodplain. You say, well, Houston's, you know, coastal. Yeah, only a tiny bit of it. There's people so far, hundreds of miles, because remember, this was a rain event. That's the thing that caused the devastation was not the hurricane per se, but the rain. So that's an issue. I mean, we <laughs> we have to just accept that that's a huge issue. And it's raining and raining and raining, and it just stayed in there, and it, and it dropped a, a world record amount of rain. It's never rained that much. 50, I think they ended up at some places, 52 to 56 inches of rain without stopping. You know, once the, once the ground is saturated, saturated usually within uh, some places, right around two and a half to three inches in 24 hours, you are totally saturated. And once it's saturated, it just rejects the water. And so it pools and runs and floods and all the drains are, you know, the sewer drains and all that, they're overwhelmed. There's just nothing more they can do. So it's, what's it do? It starts to flood. And the thing that made it even worse for these poor people 
is the dams that they had, which were well-made, well-maintained, and the reservoirs, again, well-built, well-maintained. No, no one could ever prepare or engineer for this level of catastrophe. It was, it's unheard of in all of time, except for the great flood that God brought about uh, to straighten us up, and it didn't, we, we weren't receptive. But they have to let this water go, and the water has to go somewhere, because if the dam and the reservoir breaks or fails, it's over. You know, it is truly biblical proportions of rain or of water rushing uncontrolled. So they let a little, you know, a little bit at a time, a little bit of time. It's like that steam valve, you know, you got to let it go just a little bit at a time. So what you have is you have a situation where it's, and I don't want to use this term, but I got a, the perfect storm. I mean, you've got this giant storm that hits land straight on. And then it keeps bouncing and back and forth and back and forth. And, you know, it just keeps raining, sucking up water and then dropping it on the land and suck up more water and then drop it on the land. Terrible. Just terrible. So so these places flood, places that never flooded before. Never. Not a drop. So all of a sudden, now, they're flooding. And there's no preparation. There's no insurance. So there's, there's no coverage at all. So when, so when you're in the boat and this Matt Finn goes back and, you know, he's, he's doing his job. His job is, as a broadcast journalist, he is, he's doing what he's trained to do. He's doing what he's paid to do. And he's very respectful. He and Griff are extremely respectful. We've seen a lot of suffering, but but you can see on Matt Finn's face, man, it's brutal. But when they say, I hope my dog is okay or hope my pets are okay. And then he, you know, I, I watched one interview where he said to the lady, the dear, dear lady and her husband, oh, you have a dog in there. And she she said, yes, you know, they wouldn't, <coughs> excuse me. They wouldn't allow us to bring our dog on the boat. And the, uh, you know, the, where are we going to take them? That's a very real thing. You know, we, we forget about that. And if you've never been in a hurricane or a tornado, you know, or a big, like those poor people out West and, and the people now, now I will say this, the situation out West is very different than it is. Um, in LA, uh, not to get political on this, but Bureau of Land Management, uh, and I know uh, Ryan Zinke, the new Secretary of the Interior, he's working on gutting that and improving it. In fact, he, there's there's some talk that he's just going to gut it to bare bones, which I'm a huge fan of. Uh, the, you know, the 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 leftists said no undergrowth, no dead growth removal, nothing, just leave it as it is. Well. The biggest thing that starts fires out west and out in the plains is lightning. Yeah, there's a lot more of it. And what's it going to strike? It's not going to attenuate on a building or a tower. It's going to hit the ground, and the ground is dry. And if there's tinder down there that's dry, it is absolutely 
going to catch fire and spread. Well, in L.A., that is how it is. The hills of L.A., you know, that's exactly what's happened. They've said, oh, no, we can't do anything. Stupid. It's just stupid. I did a whole show on on that. You have to search on Blog Talk Radio. We're going to we're going to try to find a way to bring over those shows. Uh, but they are all my shows are available. All the archives are available free of charge at the ninja pastor or Dr. Sean Greener dot com. D-R-S-H-A. It's this is simple. D-R for doctor. S-H-A-W-N-G-R-E-E-N-E-R dot com. You go over there. You go to listen. They're all there. They're all there. Free. Doesn't cost you a thing. While you're there, click on subscribe. Hey, while you're here, if you're listening on Spreaker, click on follow. Follow the show. Uh, do comments, share the links, all that. I love that. So I, my guess is we'll lose about three quarters of our audience uh, doing this switch. And somebody asked me, gosh, you, you build an audience of 1.5 to 1.8 million listeners. Good lands. Are you, are you nuts? Why wouldn't you? It, the platform is poor. I'm sorry to tell you, it just doesn't work. Uh, there are too many quality issues and there's too many drop issues. So not to belabor that point, but anyway, we'll lose, we'll build up new, we'll do the best we can. We'll make it happen as best we can. I, so the dog, you know, this Matt Finn young man from Fox, he's, he's, you could see the camera was on his face, not hers. Like the camera panned to, to Matt and, and he was getting ready to talk and he was choked up. He couldn't say another word. And he said, well, yeah, let's get in there. I, I didn't realize. And it just struck him that, wow, what if these people have lost their family pet? And that got me to thinking, and, and I know a lot of people will debate me on this, and, and it's okay. Hey, it really is okay. Yeah, I the problem, somebody just suggested uh, in chat, in the speaker chat, mass emails. And you know, the thing is, is, I get I try to get people to go to drshongreener.com, the ninjapastor.com and sign up for the free, you know, you get to participate, um, do follow and whatever and the little thing pops up. If you have pop-ups enabled, um, you can just put your information in there, just your name and your email. You'll get, you know, I send out newsletters and announcements and things like that and you get show announcements. Um, same way here, if you follow me on Spreaker, every time I do a show, every time I click live, um, if I haven't sent out uh, an announcement or a, or a link, you will, it'll pop up. And if you get the app, which I've, the app's not free. I think it's $200. Uh, I think it's $200 for Android, 200 for iTunes, or 100 for each. I don't know which. But either way, once we save up for that, we're going to, we are going to go ahead and have the developers make those and make it easy for everybody. But until then, that's kind of how you have to do it. Anyway, I'm thinking of myself, you know, I live in a three-story home. Now, I'm not supposed to live in a three-story home after my crash. I've fallen down these steps 12 times. But in fairness, um, the other day, <clears throat> uh, two days in succession, I fell on flat ground, best I can tell. The one day I didn't remember falling and I have all these little stones in my knees. And uh, my wife comes home and says, what happened? I said, what do you mean what happened? And she comes over and looks at my knees and they're all messed up. And turns out I fell, but I, I guess I got dizzy or something. Who knows what? And then I think it was the next day or the day after I was walking with her. 
and I must have turned too fast. See, I have to be careful what I do. And I must have turned too fast. And next thing I know, I'm on the ground. And she says that I hit real hard on my left side. So I don't know. So I'm not supposed to be on three floors, but I am because I have a house that's three floors. We want to move to a, a single story or a simpler two story. Uh, but that's just not not in the cards right now. But I'm watching this Matt Finn and I'm watching this lady and they're pulling up to the house and you can see in the second floor, this was a two-story home, you can see in the second floor, up at the window, there is a dog barking and you can faintly hear it. And she's, you know, started crying. Oh my God, oh my God, he's alive, he's alive. And they were in a huge rush at that point, you know, highly motivated to get in there, just get in there quickly. I get it. <laughs> I get it, folks. I'm I'm telling you right now. I couldn't do it. I mean, I right then and there, I made the decision. I said, you know, and I t I told my son and my and my wife. I said, listen, I'm I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving my dog. If I if I can't get her to safety, you guys go to safety, and you know, if God calls me home. And, I'll be I've often said if 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 uh Buckeye and I die at the same time, you know, she just as well I'll be buried right with me. I don't think they'll even allow that, but I don't know why not. Why not? Stupid. But yeah, bury her right with me. Right on daddy's lap. And um so that made me think about the the great challenges that face people in these in these disasters. What do you take with you? Now we have pickup trucks. We have two pickup trucks and my son has a like a mini SUV type of situation. And it's one of those Honda elements and it has, I don't know, 200 plus thousand miles on it. But it has a lot of room. You know, seats fold up, you can take them out. The seats fold up against the side and there's huge room. I mean, you can actually sleep in the thing. So there's a lot of stuff we could get into his car. There's a lot of stuff we could get into the backs of of our trucks, but think about what you would load. What in the world would you load? Guns and ammo, for sure. What if you have to cross state lines and and and, and in that state, you know, state of Maryland, good lands, you go into Maryland with a back full of, even if you're fleeing a disaster, you know, they can't, those troopers can't wait to arrest you. Ooh, somebody with a gun, somebody with ammo. Same way with New Jersey. They don't care. They'll put you under the jail. You have how many rounds of ammunition? We'll just well crucify you, brother. See, that's the thing. I mean, it's stupid laws. You think, well, it doesn't affect me. Well, what about in a situation like that? What happens? <laughs> you know, what do you do? What do you take with you? You take your dog food. You take contents of your freezer, if you can, if you have coolers and frozen ice and stuff like that, you put it in there. You take that with you. You take some tools with you. You take some cutting implements, pruning shears. People don't usually think about that. By the way, while we're talking about this, I'm, I need to have on uh, a good friend of mine, Ken Chumley. He, I'm telling you, this guy, smart guy, really, really super smart. And Ken 
He actually built a 75-foot, I think he called it a trawler, that he lives on. It's amazing. He designed it and built it himself. Crazy, this guy, how smart he is. And he's writing a book on prepping, preparing. And I'm privileged. I'm going to do the photography for the book, all the photography, the cover, and all the pictures inside. And um, great guy. We're going to need to have him on real soon to talk about it. Kind of, we don't want to give away the book, but at the same time, I think it'd be some good information. I'm going to give you some good information today. But, but, but ultimately, it comes down to this, the decision that one has to make. It's brutal. Have you ever thought about that? How brutal. That's the decision. Well, we got this from, you know, mom and dad uh, gave us this. This was their wedding. You know, mom and dad are both gone, been gone for 20 some years, you know, and the person says, well, we got this for they got this when they got married. You know, it might be a piece of furniture, it might be China, it might be whatever. What do you keep? What about your children's things that you're hanging on to to pass on? What do you do with it? What do you load in the truck? I, I, I like it, a lot of times people will say this, and I think it's amazing that they will say it so glibly. Is well, you know, your life you can't you can replace stuff, but you can't replace your life. We can. We can rebuild homes and stuff, but we can't rebuild your life. Once you're dead, you're gone. <laughs> That's easy to say till you're till you're facing that decision. That's easy to say. Not so easy to do. So now you you have this terrible decision to make. This terrible, this terrible decision to make. What do I put in the truck? What do I take with me? What do I save? Right? You've got to make a decision what you're going to save. Hello, Alaska, over in chat on Blog Talk Radio. By the way, we are on both platforms today. I'd be curious to see which one you think is better. Um, And um, Blog Talk Radio and Spreaker, we're live on both right now. We will only be live on both so long as my contract is paid. with Blog Talk Radio, and then then we'll just be doing Spreaker. So <clears throat> join us on either one, whichever one you like. We got chat open here at Spreaker as well, which is pretty cool. So what we're talking about, the, the, the decisions, the decisions that you make, and, and I'll tell you what else too, could be a life-threatening decision. Could, could be a completely life-altering decision. I talked to somebody down in Florida who, uh, you know, they have some guns uh, and, and ammunition and stuff. They're Second Amendment people, and and they are in a situation where they they said, you know, we knew we couldn't take all the guns. We knew we couldn't take all the ammo, so we put everything up as high as we could, and we just figured, well, we can only take. Well, guess what happened? Looters went to their house. Looters went to their house. And guess what they took? Took their guns, took their ammo. And one of the looters was in the house at the time. Thankfully, in Texas, folks carry guns, not just the bad guys. And bad guys lost that day. But think about it. Think about coming in and running into that. Terrible. Terrible situation. It's an untenable situation for most people. 
and who wants to really deal with it? But it is just stuff. Most of the time, it's just stuff. It really is. It's just stuff. There's AK Cog right there. Hello. Welcome. Welcome to chat. You're chatting on both platforms right now. I see. Okay. Except I can't see who's in chat unless there's a post. Gotcha. There's Jerry Summers. Jerry from PA. Awesome. Welcome. 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 We'll get this thing figured out. I'm telling you, I think it's going to be awesome once I learn how to do it. We still have to replace the computer. We're praying about that, but <clears throat> it's just one of those things, you know, that's that's going to be, I was on the phone, uh, those people at Apple, I'll tell you, you want to talk about excellent customer service. I don't like what a lot of the, the company does, but wow, boy, are they great help. Let me take a drink right quick. They um, they They were on the phone with me for over an hour. And they went through my whole computer. I have a MacBook Pro, but it's several years old, and it's just, it's beat. There's just nothing more it can do. And running all this at the same time is really difficult. I mean, we have a, we have a Thunderbird display plugged into it through the Lightning. We have this microphone and ear earphones, and we have these different things pulled up on our system. It's hard to see there i mean it's impossible because you guys can't see but um <clears throat> but but you know we're praying about that we're going to see what we can what we can do anyway and if you're a person by the way if you're a person who uh has the means or you maybe you own an apple store or whatever whatever you're, and you, somebody said to me, well, why's it gotta be Apple? Cause that's all I know how to use. And um, I've had Apple for many years and, and it does last. I mean, this computer is years old and I've run a, a show off of it for the last almost five years. Um, and, and everything else I do, you know, the, the blog, um, everything, you know, so Suffice to say, if you or if you know somebody or whatever, you know that that's able to do that, that will be awesome. It has to have cranking memory and cranking RAM. They they tell me, Mister, your computer was not designed for what you're doing. And uh, of course, they went into the whole presentation, which was they was nice of them. They did a good job. They weren't pushy or anything, but they said, you know, this is what you need. So anyway, it was like thirty five hundred dollars worth of stuff. So I I want to. I just want to, oh, by the way, my friend Jace Robertson, I, I wanted to, my son was saying, hey, dad, because you guys know I did a book signing for the Robertsons at their place. And uh, yeah, the Robertsons of, of uh, Duck Dynasty, they're such nice people. They're they're the real deal, I'm telling you. Well, you know, their thing is beards, you know, they got the long beards. Well, Jace, I don't know if it was a bet or, or what it was or a prank or something, but he, um, he really, uh, they're all known for their beards, all of them, even Jeb. And, the, I mean, long beards. Alan doesn't have a long beard. But he's the pastor of their kind of family church there and where the school is. Um, but, you, you know, the Robertsons built that and uh, never, never made a big announcement or anything like that. It was really incredible. And um, so, <clears throat> anyway... Jace has has uh, shaved his beard and mustache, and you know they're good-looking people. People think they're just old hicks. They're all very well educated. The 
The one that's not educated at the level everybody else is, is Uncle Cy. And you want to talk about a Jesus freak. Uncle Cy and Jace are hardcore Jesus freaks. They're, and I say that as a compliment. And But they all have degrees, uh, you know, masters in business. Uh, Willie has an MBA and other degrees. And um, Uncle Phil has, he has uh, advanced degrees in literature, English and literature. And anyway, so the point is, is it's, they're really, really cool. Really, really cool. So Jace shaved his beard. So he'll be anonymous for a while because nobody knows who he, know he is. But I'm telling you, super nice people. Really nice people. Every single one of them. I, respectful and kind and just can't beat them. Louisiana people. So <clears throat> I, I got to thinking that had nothing to do with the show, by the way. I just said that. You know, what are you going to do? <sighs> drinking. Somebody just sent me a message. What are you drinking? Um, I am drinking. Oh, my son sent me their daughter. Uh, you know, she's had, I think, 30 or 40 surgeries. And uh, for the cleft palate, they did a fundraiser for cleft palate for this foundation that her daughter wanted to do. I think this is the same one. And my son just sent me a message, raised enough money. And the bet was if they raise enough money, then they will, um, they, they will, uh, he would shave. So awesome, awesome, awesome. And thank you guys for sending me these messages, um, you know, letting me know what you, what you're up to and where you're listening and all that. That's really helpful too. And the sound, I'm glad the sound is good. Cause that was a big problem at blog talk radio. The sound was terrible. And you know, what are you going to do? I can't, I can't impact the sound. I have the best microphone of an Apogee mic 96. Um, I'm right now I'm talking to you on a Seinhauser 320 gaming set. I'm not a gamer. I don't do any of that, but I got these because the microphone and the, the headphones are supposed to be really good and it's USB. So I will be able to do remotes and things like that. If I ever want to do that, I can do that. My Sunday essentially is a remote. I don't know. We're, um, I think we're 223,000 on Sunday, on the message on Sunday. Now, I, let me just tell you this. Sunday's message um, was a little bit rough uh, from the standpoint. It'd probably be a little bit hard to listen to. And uh, But it's called Sacred Nation Blessing. It's on Blog Talk and Spreaker. So if you're now on Spreaker, make sure you click on follow. Follow me on Spreaker. And then... Uh, Sacred Nation Blessing. I think it was only 44 minutes or 43 minutes. I, I went fast. But uh, up over 200,000 total um, listeners on that. But it's it's not going to be the easiest thing for you to listen to. Uh, it's kind of in your face. It's fast-paced. and um, But some powerful information, and I think, you, I think you'll really appreciate it. Um, we clarify some stuff. So, I talked about preparing for risk. And I, I talked about Hurricane Harvey. You know, not even enough time to lick our wounds from that. And now you got Hurricane Irma. Already has killed people, by the way. Already massive devastation. 
And then you have these others, you know, coming behind that. You've got Florida and, and, the, and the East Coast, you know, battening. Let, let me say this, too, if you're listening out there and you're on the coast. I have a lot of listeners down the coast, North Carolina, South Carolina, um, you know, all the way down the coast there. Listen, don't, don't wait around. If there's anywhere you can go and you have the means to go, to head north and head west, uh, I tell you, this is uh, and this is one of the reasons that you don't want to be essentially living insolvent, because you want to you want to be able to have the cash enough to live at least for five days, ten days. You got you got to have enough money. Or, or have a credit card if you're not a credit card person. Have a credit card so with with enough you know uh, funds on it that you can use that until you can get back to your cash. If you have to stay in a hotel, if you have to go north and it maybe they won't let your pet stay in the hotel, so you, they say, well, there's a, a pet boarding facility. Now I don't board my pet. My dog, a human being, stays with my. If I can't take my dog with me a human being pay somebody to come stay at our house with our dog. If if we can't take her, I don't do it. And no offense to anybody that boards their pets. And you might say, man, you're a little, you got a little addiction issue to this dog. Man, this dog, you don't know what this dog has done for me. This, this dog has essentially rescued me. I mean, after my crash, you know, we lost my cat of 11 years. I had this cat 11 years to her. Uh, and then, and then my dog, man, oh man, oh man, she grieved. That was her best friend. And I don't think she slept for two weeks. It was terrible. She never stopped looking for a tigger. They were, they were best buddies. And, but this dog, she walks with me. She's protective of me. She's very loving. Um, you know, we tell people she's my therapy dog because she helps me she gives me a, a sense of comfort, a sense of joy. Um, I was a per- I don't know if this maybe this won't resonate with you, res- resonate with you. I don't know. Maybe it will. I don't know. Uh, but I was a person prior to my crash where I was always around people, always around people because I was working. I was out and about. Now I'm disabled, so I'm I'm alone a lot more. I mean a lot more. And that's just not me. <laughs> I am learning some lessons about Dr. Sean, and Dr. Sean isn't a big fan. I like my alone time too. You know, that's when I write. I'm writing a book right now. Maybe you guys can help me with this. Um, I'm trying to decide, and by the way, it'll be ebook. I did decide on ebook. It'll be like $5.99 to download it. Um, and you, it's easy to buy, safe to buy, and all that stuff. I'm not finished yet, so. But fraudulent living or living fraud or fraud life. And what this book is about is not being authentic. You not being authentic, other people not being authentic, the costs of it, how to recognize it, and and how to change it in yourself. You can't change it in other people, but you can sure change it in yourself. So, you know, yeah, that's right. Jerry from Pennsylvania. I sleep. Um, last night I slept four hours. That was 
awesome. I have this little thing on my wrist called a Hilo LX, and it's uh, it's pretty tremendous, pretty tremendous, and it helps me measure my sleep and my heart rate and my blood pressure. Every hour, it takes my blood pressure automatically. It's really cool, really cool. Um, and and Alaska, um, which great, certainly you live in Alaska, you had better be uh, self-determined, you better be independent, and you better be rugged, industrious and rugged. Uh, and he has a bug out bag ready 24 seven. Both of his dogs have bug out bags, food for two weeks. Very important, if your dog has to take daily medicine, have enough of that set aside and protected, you know? Uh, same way with you, you know? But anyway, we'll, we'll do those things. Anyway, this book, I'm trying to decide on the title. <laughs> Jerry from Pennsylvania says, fake people. Um, I'm trying to decide on the title of it, but we're working on it now, and I guess the title will be the last thing. But once we're ready with that, we'll start promoting that and, and making that available to buy. I can't give that one away, just because if I keep giving stuff away, I'm <laughs> they're going to come take everything, you know, my stuff. I won't have to worry about saving stuff. Just be me walking with my dog with a stick and a bandana with some vittles in it. So walking down the road. So anyway. So you'd be thinking about that fraud life, fraudulent living. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking of something, 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 it'll pop out. It'll be the right thing when it's time. So <clears throat> I was thinking about this and I don't, I don't know how many of you folks have ever had the opportunity to hear great speakers, truly great speakers. And I, I can tell you um, when I transitioned from law enforcement into uh, being an investment advisor, uh, did investment advising and state planning and risk management. So when I did that, I, I decided, look, you know, I, I want to be the best salesperson. I want to be the best business person. I want to be the best at what I do. Whatever it is, I want to be the best at it. You know, I, I don't want to be average or okay or eh. I want to be great. Not so people say I'm great, although that's, you know, helpful. You know, let you know you're on the right track. But I just wanted to be awesome. And so one of the things I did is I invested in the best training, sales, motivation, and leadership training that you could get in the world. I mean, I had some great training in the military and the agency and as a contractor and all these different things. I had great training. They invested a lot of money in me. But I said, you know, if, if my, my job is, is to advise and consult for people and to recommend, I had better be effective. So I, I went to hear a fellow. He's going on to his reward. His name is Zig Ziglar. And Zig Ziglar, quite honestly, was one of the greatest people to ever walk this planet. He really was. He was special, special man. And he's from Yazoo City, Mississippi. And he called his wife Red. She had red hair. And... Zig Ziglar was a one-of-a-kind guy, little guy, very small, but he started in door-to-door -door sales, and he worked his way up to become one of the greatest salespeople of all time. And then, of course, what do you do then? You teach people how to sell, and not just how to sell, but how to live well, how to live right, how to you know, be above the petty things that, that we get caught up in. And it's funny. Uh, Craig in chat said, I did Tony Robbins, including the firewalk. Well, I'm uh, one of the few to have spent 
uh, a week with Tony Robbins on his island. Uh, there were 13 people. I was one of 13 people in addition to his you know, staff. We were attendees. And I'm telling you, that was one of the craziest things, one of the greatest things I've ever done in my life. It was the most money I ever spent in one week. But I'm telling you, talk about a life changer. And, I, and a lot of others. There were a lot of other names that uh, I, I spent a lot of money. Um, I really, really invested heavily in the best training I could get. And whatever training I couldn't go and do live, then I would, um, I would buy the, back then it was cassettes, and then it became CDs, and then, of course, now MP3s. The point is, eventually I made my way from Zig Ziglar all the way through all the others um, to Tony Robbins. Now, you can say what you want about Tony Robbins. I'll tell you a couple things about him that you probably don't know. And, uh, you know, you can disagree and, and say, well, that's not true. I don't think that's true. He's just a guru. He's got a thing on um, Netflix that says, I'm not your guru. I would encourage you to watch it. You're going to see things about him that are probably going to throw you off. Uh, one of the things is, is he uses extremely uh, aggressive profanity like you can't believe. Um, but he does it on purpose. It's, it's not just, you can't think of any other words to say. It, he does it on purpose. There's a psychological uh, synapse that occurs when you hear language that is outside of your norm and it's in your face. Um, anyway, the point is, that's a whole nother thing. The guy, and this sounds like a contradiction, but if you're, if you're not a hypocritical fool, you'll recognize the truth in this. Um, his testimony is, I'm, look, it's incredible. I heard it live. The first time I ever heard it, I heard it live. And there were 18,000 people. And in this place, the place was packed, standing room only, SRO, you know, side to side, front to back. You were going to stand all day long, and you were glad to do it. I was fortunate enough; I got a seat. And at this at this thing, uh, the first person to get up and speak after the inter, you know introduction, the, the you know the promoter of it um, was Zig Ziglar. And Tony Robbins was two people later, two or three people later, um, Bonnie Blair, the speed skater, gold medal uh, winning speed skater, she was a speaker too. She was trying to get her start in motivational speaking and uh, and take advantage wisely of her, of her gold medals. And she, she never really caught on, I think because her voice was difficult to listen to for very long. No offense to her, but it was a little bit difficult. Her accent was a little rough. Um, and so it, you couldn't, it didn't have a nice, didn't fall nicely on the ear, but her information was tremendous. Point being is, is, you know, that was great to have her there and listen to her thing. Well, the first, the first person was Zig Ziglar after the announcement. And I am going to tell you this. If you've ever seen 18,000 people cry at one time, most of them men, Zig Ziglar stepped up and his big old smile, little tiny guy, but big old smile. And he looked out in the crowd and he said, now y'all, you're going to have to forgive me. I'm, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna say some motivating things in a little bit, but right now I've got to tell you something, and it's important that I tell you. Red and I, that's my wife. That's what I call her, Red. We've lost our dear, dear daughter. Just four days ago, by the way, four days. Talk about honoring your commitments. Four days before they buried their dear daughter. I think she was in her 20s or early 30s. And he and he started to cry. You could see that, you know, he he was a pro and and he was hanging on to it, but man, you could see this man was heartbroken. And then you could see a smile come over. He 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 said, "You know, I I don't half know how Red and I are going to go on without our baby." But I know this, because of my baby's faith and because of our faith in God, we're going to see her again in glory. He talked a little bit about that, and he said, you know, you might be wondering, Zig, why in the world are you smiling? How can you be so sure? How can you have such faith? And he commenced to give in the plan of salvation in a way I've never heard it before. And he said, listen, I hope y'all don't mind me saying the name of Jesus while we're here in this secular gathering. But if you want to have what I have, listen up, I'm going to tell you how. And he did. And almost 3,000 people left their seats and went all the way forward. And he prayed over them and they prayed with him. And they placed their faith in Christ right then and there. It was amazing. One of the most powerful experiences I've ever had in my life. You know, you go to those things and you don't you don't expect that to happen. But then what happened uh, after a few more speakers spoke, uh, Tony Robbins came up and I'm telling you, I'd never heard him speak and I didn't have any of his recordings or anything like that. I read one book, but that was it. You guys know he's six foot seven, and he's a big six foot seven. He's a big, fit six foot seven. Um, his hands are the biggest hands I've ever seen. I mean, they are giant. And he has that kind of unique voice and way about him. And he was high energy, start to finish, high energy. But before he got started, he said, I want to address something that, that Mr. Zig Ziglar, one of my heroes, one of the things he said, and he said, "Boy, I hope you don't hope you're not offended when I say the name of Jesus." And then he gave his testimony. Powerful. He talked about you know growing up and the and the challenges that he had, and they were serious challenges. I mean, boy, if you don't know his story, it's whew, really rough. But here's what they. Almost every speaker that spoke that day spoke of a man by the name of Jim Rohn. And they said, ever in your life, if you get a chance to hear Jim Rohn live, you absolutely must. They both pointed to Jim Rohn, Zig Ziglar and, and Tony Robbins and every other person, uh, great, great speaker. Tom Hopkins said the same thing. He's the greatest. Brian Tracy, all these people. They said, listen, you, Jim Rohn is the man. 
one of the greatest human beings ever to walk the planet. He said a lot of very powerful things. But you know, I thought about it earlier today and and yesterday when I was thinking about what I would say to you today, and I, and I thought, I want to be an encouragement today. I don't know that a whole lot of people in the hurricane or the flood zone are, are able to listen, you know, most of them without power. But but those of you affected, I thought, and, and those of you who emotionally are affected by seeing all that devastation, I thought, what in the world do I say to them to help them out? Jim Rohn said a lot of powerful things, but these things stuck out to me. And I was, a part, part of this is also uh, one of my dear, dear friends, John, has been a, a Delaware State Trooper for 32 years, and he ends his career this Friday. Uh, one of the greats, man. I'm telling you, what a great, great friend. One of my very best friends of my lifetime. He and his wife, Cindy, just dear, dear people. Just incredible, incredible. What a, I say to myself, the friends I have, you know, Jerry and, and John, Cindy, and all the, the, the many great friends I have, but there's a select few, a handful of people. I, I look to God. I say, good lands, if I never have anything else. Uh, you've given me some of the best friends I think a human being could have. And so I'll be I'll be uh, sharing these on Friday, but I thought how apropos for today, the sayings of Jim Rohn. Now, he, he's got books full, books full of sayings, quotes. Don't wish it was easier. Wish you were better. Don't wish for less problems. Wish for more skills. Well, don't wish for less challenge. Wish for more wisdom. And you know, um, A.K. Cog—that's his handle there. And and uh, he's in he's in Alaska, and he had some input regarding um, you know bugging out and and being prepared for disaster, having everything ready at hand. And that's that's great advice. And you know what? This is some great advice. You you can't we cannot control a lot of what happens. We can't. We cannot do it. I, I wish we could. We cannot control the weather. You know, we'll start a whole climate climate debate. All right, you go lay down, sweetheart. You go lay down. It's all right. Sissy wants to go for a walk. She doesn't realize it's pouring down rain outside. She still would go. I used to take her all the time. And rain and snow and wind would just go anyway. When the show's over, we'll still will. It's our tradition. Don't wish it was easier. Wish you were better. Look, tough stuff is coming. We got to prepare for that. We got to make ourselves better all the time, all the time. And I'm, hey, listen, when you hear me talk, don't think I think I'm the better. My wife can tell you, especially over the past several weeks, past four or five years been tough. They've been tough. I haven't been a peach, let me tell you. I've had to assuage a lot of things that I haven't done right. Major mistakes. Poor choices. Some of it I could control and some of it I couldn't. But the bottom line is, is I have not been a peach. And you know, sometimes when you, when you have, and many of you out there listening have reached out to me and, and talked about the chronic pain that you have and the disabilities, different things. And, and this has driven me. This saying has driven me. Don't wish it was easier. Wish you were better. And and I, and and I talked about all that training that 
that I, I paid for and received, you know, um, I'll tell you real quick about the experience with Tony Robbins. I've seen him live several times. I've been in the, what they, I don't know what they call it now, but it used to be called the golden circle. And that's the super rich people, you know, the actors and the, you know, really, really famous people that have unlimited income. And one particular time, uh, it was after my divorce, and that was really low, really low. And I said, man, I got to reset my life here. I got to be a better example for my child. And um, Colleen and Doyle weren't in my life at, the, at that point. I hadn't met them yet. And I said, man, I got to reset. I, I got to straighten myself out here because I was reeling. And I have to say, you know, this thing came in the mail, uh, Tony Robbins thing, and it was super expensive. And I thought, man, that's all the money I have in the world. But I had been to them before, years before, and I thought, well, you know, if you're going to reset, this is the way to do it. Your life's not going to get any easier, so I got to get better. Jim Rohn. I couldn't see Jim Rohn at the time, but Tony Robbins, certainly. And I remember, you know, the solicitation came and I called on the phone and, uh, you know, the nice lady I talked to said, listen, you know, you've been to several of our things before and you've bought so much, so many of the, of the, you know, listening material and the seminars. I can give you a significant discount if you would like to spend a week on Tony's Island I mean, a significant, and look, I knew how much it would be thereabouts to be on that island with Tony Robbins with a very small group of people. And I'm going to tell you, she said the number and she said, I was just about to say, that's nah, more than I have. I'd love to go, but that's more than I have. I don't have a money tree. And she said, but I can, I'm, I'm authorized to give you this discount. And it was half. And I said, well, I do have that. I'll do it. I didn't even wait. I didn't even pause. Not even a wait. I'll do it. When is it? Well, it's in three weeks. Can you be available in three weeks? I said, I can. And I remember when we were there, first of all, it's gorgeous. You, you can't even believe he's done massive renovations since. And now you can pay to go to the island, you know, a retreat. I mean, some of the world's most famous, it's, it's super exclusive. But I got to go and do the fire walk and not with a big crowd of people, but just us. And but I got to hear sitting around a fire while eating. I can't remember what this was we were eating. We were eating some unique thing I'd never eaten before in my life. I thought some sort of fish it was tasted like lobster. It was so good. Real dense. Whatever it was, it was super dense. And I remember thinking to myself, man, I got to I got to remember what this is. And I bumped my head on a car going 92 miles per hour, and I don't remember. But we're sitting around the fire, and he said, it was all guys except for one woman. But he said, I'm going to call you all guys. And he said, guys, I, you know, we've spent a couple days. This was day three, I think. Um, we spent a couple days together, and we've gotten to know each other real well. You know, I don't, you know, pull any punches or BS you. I, I got to tell you, all of you have said, man, how in the world do you have this kind of energy? How in the world do you have this kind of intensity all the time? 
And he said, well, you know, part of it is nutrition. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Part of it's nutrition. And, and, and I, I eat super healthy. You know, when I first started to find success, I didn't right away, but I realized, man, if I want to be the best I can be for you, I've got to be the best I can be for me. And so nutrition was a huge thing. Huge thing. And he said, so I'm, I'm perfecting that, the supplements and all the different things I do were always working. And exercise, very important, very, very important. But he said, you know what drives me is, is my desire to help people. And he said, you know what drives that is gratitude. Uh, but, I'm, but I'm not grateful for all the money. I mean, the money is great, and I'm, I am grateful for it, but that's not the thing. The thing is, is God in my life, God in my heart. You know, I don't know if all of you are people of faith or not or what you believe in. I you know, believe different. That's fine. But this is what drives me. And he gave his testimony. And there were two guys there who he looked at them right in the eye. And he said, I can see that this is resonating with you. And you don't know where you're going to spend eternity. I mean, who do you know that does that? Who just calls you out right then and there and says, man, I can see you don't know where you're going to spend eternity. This is all you're saying to yourself, how do I get to this place? Which if you're here, you're pretty darn successful. Except for me. I mean, I was on the cusp of success. But anyway, the point is, is, is he, he told them how to place their faith in Christ right then and right there. And they did. We're in a dry eye in the house. And I've seen him give his testimony to thousands of people and thousands of people come forward. It's awesome. It's awesome. But the thing is, the thing is, just like Jim Rohn said, you can't wish your life is easier. You got to make yourself better. Don't wish for less problems. Don't wish for fewer hurricanes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we can pray for that. Wish for more skills. Be prepared. Like Alaska says, you be prepared. That makes you more comfortable. It makes you. I always tell people when I used to train people uh, on using firearms in a realistic setting, comfort and skill at arms does not come watching Hollywood teach you how to do it wrong. It comes when you practice your skills over and over and over and over. And people used to say, how do you do what you do with a gun? It doesn't make sense. It seems impossible. And I just would tell them, you know, practice does not make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. If you want more skills, if you want to deal with the problems that life slings at you, you had better work on your skills. Don't wish for less challenge because you were going to be challenged. Wish for more wisdom. How do you get wisdom? You know, I, I got some wisdom from, from investing pretty heavily in people I knew were way smarter and way more successful than me. You know? And I'm going to tell you right now, this is, this is just the God's honest truth. April 12, 2012 at 6.18 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, my life changed. And had I not had all this training and all of these uh, preparatory things for the big disaster in life to come, I wouldn't be here now. They called me the calm one. You guys know that I died initially. Now, I didn't know that till I think a couple years ago. 
I had no idea. I had no sensation of being gone, so I didn't know. I remember, you know, all the different people afterwards saying, man, this guy's so calm. How are you so calm? I had trained myself under the, and had received training. So the best training in the world, dealing with massive linear stress, tradecraft, learning how to assess, adapt, and overcome. Don't wish it was easier. Make yourself better. So that was the first thing that popped into my head. You know, when we have a Jim Rohnism, when, we, when, when, when you're in the face of a great challenge, sometimes it's going to come out of nowhere. Sometimes they are the hurricane. You have a few days notice. And sometimes they're the tornado. Sometimes they're the earthquake. Sometimes they're the fire. Sometimes they're the flood. And you have to be prepared. My good friends Craig and Louise in chat, I happen to know they have a just an awesome garden. And they work hard at it. Can't wish for great fruit and great vegetables if you don't get out there and till the ground. Plant when you're supposed to. Improve your skills. I'm sure they had lots of crops that didn't make it. Crops that got ate up. And then they learned. Don't wish it was easier. Wish you were better. Make yourself better. The second thing that popped into my head, uh, and I'm going to share with my, my, my great friend, is the challenge of leadership is to be strong but not rude. Be kind but not weak. Be bold but not a bully. Be thoughtful but not lazy. Be humble but not timid. Be proud but not arrogant and have humor but without folly. Man, there's a lot of wisdom in that, isn't there? Somebody say, yeah, I don't want to be a leader. Look, if you're a father or a mother and you're listening right now, guess what? You're a leader. If you're one of several children, siblings, and you're the oldest, guess what? You're a leader. You're a leader. And the challenge of leadership, you got to be strong, but you can't be rude. You got to be kind, but you can't be weak. Listen, folks, I've said, I don't know how many times in my lifetime, don't mistake my kindness for weakness. And I don't know about you, if any of you out there have, have been betrayed in any way. You've made yourself super vulnerable to somebody and they've betrayed you. They said, no, you can trust me. And then they fail you. And they apologize and, well, sorry about that. I, I will never do that again. I promise you. You say, okay, it's going to be very difficult for me to trust you, but I'm going to make myself vulnerable here and I'm going to trust you. And then you do it again. That's some devastating stuff. I'm not going to lie to you. That's, I'm a big guy and that's devastating stuff. Don't be weak. Be kind, but don't be weak. Sometimes, you know, sometimes in life, boldness is required. Folks nowadays, you know, this, uh, you know, this generation is, is, is coming up behind us here. Is, they're not taught to be bold. They're not. That's a bad thing. That's, you know, you, you get in somebody's face and say, that's not true. What you're saying is not true. Or, or listen, this is the wrong way to go here. Let's, let me show you the right way to go. Or you stand up and you say, look, humbly speaking here, I got to be done properly. This is not proper. 
or you're doing the wrong thing. Sometimes you got to be bold, but you can't be a bully. You can't go around bullying everybody. You got to be thoughtful. You can't go running willy nilly into something and not think it through. But you know what? You can't be too. You can't be ready. Aim, 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 aim. Nobody follows somebody that doesn't ever pull the trigger. You got to be able to pull the trigger. Get all the information you can get. Seek wise counsel. Prepare yourself properly. And then make a decision. You can't be timid. Some folks have said, you know, being, you know, they equate, you know, pride goeth before the fall. Well, well, it's a different type of pride. Listen, if you've worked hard to maintain your home, you'd be proud of that home. You have a great garden in your backyard. Be proud of that garden. If you're if you're a person who who works and, and you're good at your job, be proud of your job. You've worked hard for that. You've raised good kids. Be proud of that. You're a good spouse. Be proud of that. Don't be ashamed of that, but don't be arrogant. When the storms of life come at you, I'm telling you, these are things you will never regret putting into your memory bank. And you know the last thing that he said there in the second quote is, have humor, but without folly. Listen, folks, you've got to be able to laugh. And and I'll tell you, the most important thing to laugh at is yourself. I don't know about you. Have you ever had an epic fail? Laughter, quite quite honestly, my sense of humor, I thank God for it, has kept me going. Look, I, I, went, I went from being, I don't know if, if this makes sense to you, but I went from being the guy who could do just about anything to being a guy who has to be careful walking. I can't make a hard left turn or a hard right turn or I'll disconnect my legs, my ankle, turn a do- doorknob without positioning my arm a certain way or I'll dislocate my shoulder or my wrist or my elbow. I can't sit facing one direction but turning my head one or the other. I have to sit specific, intentional, or I'll be in terrible pain. There's a long list of things. Listen, life is different now for me. I'm not asking for pity, but I'm telling you, you have to laugh at stuff. I fell the other day, and I had to laugh a little bit once I realized, okay, you know, I don't know if I hit my head or not. I was a little dizzy, but I think Colleen even laughed at me. I'm pretty sure she did. She might have. She's out there listening, probably saying, no, I did not laugh. What are you drinking? Yeah, that type of thing. But listen, you can't have folly. Look, you can't run around through life guffawing all the time. You gotta, You got to drive forward. That's the third one. We must all suffer one of two things, the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. And I'm telling you, the pain of discipline weighs ounces, but you cannot bear the pain of regret. The pain of discipline or the pain of regret. We're going to suffer one of the two of those things at some point in our lives. And the price for discipline, the pain of discipline, it weighs ounces. It really does. But the pain of regret, my goodness, folks brutal. It's brutal. How do you avoid the pain of regret? You be disciplined. You discipline your mind. You discipline your body. You discipline your habits. You build healthy, strong, positive habits. Look, if something bad happens to you, no fault of your own. You've done nothing wrong, and that bad thing happens, but you spend a life a lifetime of developing positive discipline. 
positive beneficial habits, you can deploy all that strength and all that discipline to help you through that terrible thing that just befell you. Pain of regret, my goodness. I, I look back on my life and, and I have a fair amount of regret. I'm not going to kid you on that. And I don't mean regret that I didn't. Um, <laughs> one of my friends I had way back when, it was decades ago. And Jerry, just so you know, Jerry and I go to gun shows every year, outdoor show. And we went to this one, and I bought a tumbler. I don't know what you call it. I think you call these things tumblers. And I bought my son one, and I bought myself one. His has an American flag on it, etched into it. And this one here is the United States Navy emblem. And this thing, I don't regret getting this at all. It's awesome. It is crazy awesome. Um, I would say the name of it if I could figure uh, Polar. Polar. It says polar. I don't know. It's a, it's incredible. Point is, that's right, guns, Jerry, guns. We love being around freedom. I don't regret that. Great memories, too. That's something Jerry and I do. We always go get some food on the way there, and we have a great time. A couple times we've gone, boy, the weather's been bad. We went anyway. Snow all up on the ground, ice causing branches. But one time we went four days, he was without power. But you know what? He wasn't lost because he had his he had his generator and fireplace going. He was toasty. Got her done. But the pain of regret, I'm telling you, it's you can't half bear the pain of regret. If that's what you feel in your life for the predominance of your life, the pain of regret will crush you. Don't be that person. I'm telling you, don't be that person. And if you've been that person, I talked to a person today who who is in that boat. Get out of that boat. Get out of that boat. Swim to shore. Don't let yourself be out there in the middle of the ocean experiencing an ocean of regret. Exercise discipline. Maybe you have to pull the Band-Aid off of a relationship. Maybe you're listening now and you're involved in a relationship that is, is really not healthy. Let me tell you, when the storm comes, that unhealthy person will fail you. They'll be a hole in your boat. They will be a rip in your sail. They'll be an empty gas tank. And, and they're going to drag you down. And then you'll be saddled with the pain of regret. Fourth one, don't mistake this one. Days are expensive. Days are expensive. Spend a day. You have one less day to spend. One less day to live. It's a ticking time clock. Your heart, your chest, inside your chest right now is a beating heart. And one day, possibly to today, it's going to stop. And in many cases, there'll be no warning. One less day to spend. So you better make sure you spend each one wisely. That's Jim Rohn. Days are expensive. When you spend a day, you have one less day to spend. So make sure you spend each one wisely. I was trapped in the car. Now, I didn't have a sense that I was trapped in the car. 
and my crash. Now I was, I was trapped for, it took them 40 minutes to cut me out. I don't know how long it was all total I was in there, but I know they were working on it for 40 minutes once they got there. And I knew I was in a lot of physical pain. I knew I, I was in trouble. And I, I made the assessment based on the closing speed and the fact that I couldn't avoid it. Somebody in that other vehicle is dead. I knew it. And I remember being in the vehicle now. I was trapped in an eight-inch space. I had crushed the steering wheel with my chest and my mouth. I actually bent the steering wheel with my mouth. The roof caved in on my head, crushing my neck down to where the, the, um, the roof caved in on the headrest. My head was well above that headrest before the crash. My legs were mangled. The whole left shoulder shattered. It was a mess. Ten teeth broken. Brutal. But a saying of Abraham Heschel, uh, Rabbi Abraham Heschel, he's, he, he has passed, but it, it popped into my head, and, and my professor, Dr. Skip Moen, amazing, through Master's Internet. Back then it was Master's Divinity School, and then I went to Master's Graduate School of Divinity, and now it's with 74 countries we have people, um, Master's International School of Divinity. MDivs.edu. And I remember what uh, the esteemed professor, Oxford PhD, said to me during a class. During uh, you know, we were, it, it's it was a, a Heschelism. Um, something sacred hangs in the balance of every moment, and that's kind of that's kind of this. Days are expensive. When you spend a day, you have one less day to spend. So make sure you spend each one wisely. Something sacred hangs in the balance of every moment. When the storms come. I am telling you when the storms come, it could be a natural storm. It could, it could be these hurricanes. It could be any number of natural disasters, c- catastrophes. It could be any number of things. When that storm comes, you had better be a person who values your days because the days are numbered. Bend it wisely. People talk to me. I, I had an elite life coaching uh, firm and I still coach people, uh, select people. I'm very choosy about that. But um, and I re- I remember telling people, don't waste your days with people who do not value you. Don't waste it. If that person doesn't value you, if they're not a person of truth and honesty, everybody fails in that regard. I I did a thing, the seven levels of lying a couple of weeks ago, go to the ninjapastor.com or drshongreener.com. It's free. Go to listen, listen to it. I'm telling you now that's not an easy one to listen to, but everybody falls into that category at some point or another, but I'm going to tell you something. Don't spend a minute more. Don't spend a minute more with somebody who is habitually unhappy. Habitually unsatisfied. They're not being ambitious. They're being ungrateful. And that ungrateful person will blame the closest person to them. And if that's you, they're going to blame you for everything that's wrong in their life. I'm telling you, as sure as I'm sitting here, it's a true, true statement. Don't waste your days. You've got one less. Every every single day is one less. 
Spend it wisely. Spend it wisely on people that truly value you and truly matter to you. And I'll tell you what else, too. Spend it wisely with someone who tells you the truth about you. Discipline is the bridge between goals and accomplishment. Man, isn't that true? How many times have you had to learn something, a skill? Maybe whatever your career is or was, you had to learn a skill. And it took time. It took time to learn. It's not easy. It's not simple. It takes time to learn. That golfer, remember what I said about, you know, practice makes perfect? No. Perfect practice makes perfect. And the only way you practice perfectly is by studying, by exercising discipline, swing discipline, movement discipline. It's the same way with a job that requires great skill. You've got to have discipline. If you want to be able to achieve great things, you had better develop and exercise discipline in your life because that's the way it happens. There are two big bodies of water and the only way you get from one to the other is you build a bridge of discipline. It's just that simple. It's I wish I wish it was something more fancy than that, but it's not. Discipline is the bridge between goals and accomplishment. You know, I, I have this dear friend. I don't think she's listening, but I have this dear friend. I'll just say her name is Lala Deaton. Lala Deaton. And she's from not far from here, Fort Deposit, Maryland, I think. Or or Habitat Grace, maybe. But she lives in Nashville. Been in Nashville for 32 years, writing songs, albums. And she's about to go very big time. And people, when they see her, they go, wow, she's really pretty. Wow, her voice is the voice of an angel. Wow, her songs really have a cool hook to them. Wow, they're, they're deep, too. Well, that's great that she got success overnight. No, try 32 years. That's discipline. That's, that's what makes it happen. And if you never exercise the discipline, you'll never have a bridge. And I'm telling you, you can't swim that far. You've got to take the bridge. This next one, I think, would probably strike you kind of funny. If you're not willing to risk the unusual, you will have to settle for the ordinary. Now, I wrote a book called Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America. And I can tell you this. Some stuff is indeed unusual. God has called me to do things in my life that I'm telling you. People around me, when I did them, looked at me like I was a nut job. Like I was straight up a nut. I'm telling you, some of the stuff he'll he'll tell you to do, you better go on and do it. You just better go on and do it. And you better be willing to risk the unusual because you're going to have to settle. If you don't risk the unusual, take chances. Be bold. I'm telling you, you're going to have to settle for the ordinary. You're going to have to settle for the mediocre. And that's not what we're called to do. I'm, I'm telling you. Now, let me say this. Not everybody's supposed to be the CEO. Not everybody is supposed to be the chief. Not everybody is supposed to be the, the brain surgeon. Not everybody's supposed to be those things. Not everybody's supposed to be the head of an organization. And, and some of the greatest people I've ever known have been the worker bees. I've been the worker bee more than I've been the, the leader. And sometimes you've got to take chances. You've got you to take a risk. 
or you will be you will be muddled in in the ordinary in the mediocre you'll never be able to you will never be able to get away from it i kid you not i wish there was a a happier ending to that story but i'm telling you it's if you don't you'll regret it you will you'll regret it and you'll look back and you think why didn't i do that there are some things i got nominated for uh i i got um I don't know what they call it now, but suggested for the um, United States Naval Academy. I have appointed. It wasn't an appointment because, but once I was in the Navy, I had several um, commanders who said, "No, this is where you need to be." I looked at it and I couldn't see it. I'm telling you, it was too unusual for me. I, and I doubted it. You know, back then I doubted stuff. Somebody said something good about me. I doubted it. I, what was their, what is their motivation? What's their agenda? How are they trying to get over? What are they trying to get from me? You know, I couldn't half hear something good about myself without thinking, hmm, what are they up to? Four times. And I never did it. How different would my life be? There are times where I've taken a risk in, in our business and, and, and uh, my wife looked at me and said, we can't do this. This is nothing against her. That's sometimes the wife's job. You know, we can't, this is too much risk. And we did it. She said, okay. And we did it. And it was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. It worked out. And there's lots of times where it didn't work out. But then you know what doesn't work. You know what they say about Edison, I think it was, you know, he, he failed 10,000 times, but he knew 10,000 things that wouldn't work. Here's number seven. I got to get moving. Number seven is motivation is what gets you started, but habits what keeps you going. And, and in the seminar, I eventually was able to go see Mr. Jim Rohn live. One of the greatest privileges of my lifetime. I was in the third seat from the dead center middle first row. My goodness. You don't think I was sitting tall. Back then, I used to write notes on paper, and I, and I had my notebook, and I had my pen. Then I had my backup pen, and then inside my one pocket of my blazer, I had two more backup pens. And let me tell you what, you may think that's excessive. I'll have you know, I wrote all those pens dry except for the last one. I treasure that. And one of the things... That he said, man, have you ever heard anybody say, boy, if I could just get motivated, I'd go do something. Well, if I could just find my motivation, if I could just get some motivation, I'd get motivated here, boy, I'd get up and do something. I will get up and do something. No. doesn't work that way. It's the other way around. Motivation doesn't bring action. Action brings motivation. You see, you develop that habit of discipline of preparing. Now, this big storm is, is bearing down on us, and the big storms are bearing down on lots of people, and they say in their head, hey, man, I'm out of the flood zone. I, why would I need to prepare? It's not going to flood here. What do these people know? Weatherman is the only job you can be wrong 80% of the time and still get paid for your job. Nothing against them. It's 
kind of a hard thing to guess the weather. I don't know how they do it. Better have good habits. Listen, one of the habits I have is I, you know, I, and when I'm in my house, my doors are always locked. And this is pre-crash. I was like that. Lock your doors. Put yourself a barrier out there. You say, well, you're armed to the teeth. That's right. Make a little noise trying to get in. I'll make a little noise showing you how to get out in a bag. <laughs> Motivation is just what gets you started. Habits what keeps you going. I, I'll tell you what else, too. There's a lot of folks that they'll do something, and it's a great thing. It's a great thing to start. It's a great thing to think about. Man, it's awesome. What a great idea. And then they start it, but they don't finish. They bail out too soon. Well, it got a little boring. Hey, I got started, but then it got boring, and then I quit. How many of you have quit a job? At first, that job's all you wanted, and then it got boring. You said, poof, man, I can't spend the rest of my life doing this. <clears throat> then you found out the person that was just beneath you, just a little bit after you left, got a promotion. Not just your job, but two jobs ahead of you. And man, their life changed. Motivation sure is what gets you started, but habit's what keeps you going. Get in there and get after it. The habit of discipline. The habit of working harder every time. The habit of preparing. Listen, I have a good friend. His name is Steve. I won't say his last name. Steve from Ohio. And Steve is a prepper. And I mean in a big way. Steve doesn't fool around. He's always thinking, what could happen? How can I prepare for that? And I bet you sometimes it drives some of his friends a little bit crazy. But you know what? When when the feces hits the circular wind device, guess what number they're going to be looking for in their phone? Yo, Steve, what do I do? Well, here's number eight. Success is nothing more than a few simple disciplines practiced every day. And boy, isn't that true. You see the you see in leadership, leading your family, leading yourself, doing good things, success is nothing more than a few simple disciplines practiced every day, even when it's boring. Even when it's boring. Even when it becomes mundane. Even when it's not cool anymore, even when it's not chic. And it's not a big list of things. Listen, I wrote out four pens and a whole big thing of paper, but really and truly, we only talked about a few things. You know that. Just a few things. A few Simple disciplines. You don't have to know the encyclopedia. You don't have to know Google and everything else and all the information, this little smart device. You don't have to know all that. What you have to have is some disciplines. And you have to practice them every single day. Listen, you can exercise like a fiend for two hours. And you can eat well for one or two days. But I'm going to tell you this. What you had better do is practice a few simple disciplines every day. Exercise 30 minutes, three or four days a week. Doesn't have to be crazy. You don't have to go crazy with it. 
Exercise discipline. Here's another one. Don't join the easy crowd. You won't grow there. Go where the expectations and the demands to perform are high. I used to play tennis, right, as an adult. I never played it as a kid, but I, I picked up tennis as an adult. Of course, I can't play it now because I, I can't squeeze the racket. I'll swing the racket. The racket will go flying. <laughs> Plus, I can't run around. But anyway, the point is, is that, you know, as an adult, I picked up tennis um, when I went in the military. I had this great friend named Phil, and he was awesome at tennis. And we played tennis, and I mean, we would play tennis for six or eight hours. Now I was in phenomenal physical condition then, and I could play tennis. And uh, and usually, it was into the wee hours of the morning, because you know we had jobs and we couldn't, you know, we had to play on public places and and all that. But the the point of this whole thing is we play we play till one or two o'clock in the morning, and we were poor. Sometimes we'd only have one can of balls, and those can of balls were old. I remember one time I had a ring on. This is why I won't ever climb a, climb a fence with a ring on again. I had a ring on. I used to. I held on to the ring for the longest time. I just recently threw it away because um, sometimes some memories you just they aren't worth holding on to. But um, I didn't need the ring to remind myself of that. But I this I was wearing this ring, and it's the wrong kind of ring to wear. You know when you're doing stuff like climbing. And I remember I, I, we knocked the last ball over the, over the fence. I said, let me run and get that. And it was a real tall fence, like 10 foot fence. Yeah, that's right. We were playing illegally. I don't recommend it, but that's what we were doing. <laughs> it was well after the hours of the park. We, we, we fully expected the police at any point, every time we were playing to drive up and run us out. But, you know, it's locked down. You have to climb in and you have to climb out. Well, you knock a ball out, you got to climb and go get it. So I climbed up and I jumped off. And when I jumped off, I didn't realize that my ring finger was stuck on those little things at the top of the fence. And guess what? I was hanging by my ring finger. And I could feel the blood running down my arm. I could, I could feel it cutting into my finger. My whole body weight was hanging by my finger, by my ring. The whole point of that story is Phil was a whole lot better at tennis than I was. He'd been playing for years. He was really good. You know what? It wasn't long. I got as good as he was. I'm not going to get better playing tennis or golf. My buddy Jerry is a phenomenal golfer. Listen, you're not going to get better playing by people that are the same level as you or worse. You're not going to do it. You're not going to get better. You've got to join the harder crowd. You've got to join the crowd that forces you to grow. Go where the expectations and the demands to perform are high. Don't don't spend all your time around somebody that, that doesn't care how you do or you don't do. Hey, man, whatever, dude. Here's the last one. Learn how to be happy with what you have while you pursue all that you want. I'll say this about that, and I mentioned this earlier. You know, if you know a person that's never satisfied, they are never happy, they are never grateful, they are always complaining, I'm telling you, that person will hold you back. They're, a person like that's not going to be true to their word. They're not going to do what they're supposed to do. They're not going to be able to keep their promises to you. They will violate every trust you ever had, and they will betray you in the end. And guess what? In the end, they will blame you for why they did what they did. They'll say, that's your fault. And what else they'll do is they'll say, you 
did this to me. You are the reason I'm unhappy. Learn how to be happy with what you have while you pursue all that you want. Learn, be grateful. Be grateful. Real quick, let me go into this. Um, we'll reintroduce, once I learn how to bring the, the, uh, the radio spots, the people we partner with, now we don't get paid any money. I don't want you to think that we get paid money, but these are things I believe in, so we push them. Um, I, you know, second call defense, I have that. David Partridge, phenomenal commercial real estate guy. Yeah, I, I support him because I believe that he is awesome at what he does because I've seen it over decades of time. Um, the Hilo LX, you know, it's, it is what it says it is. I can support that. I can support that. I can support the Michael Strange Foundation uh, because I know what they do. I know what they do. We'll have those recordings back in and we'll intersperse them. I'm just learning how to use this new platform. So, But this is, uh, some of you know, I mentioned in the beginning, I had an indoor air quality testing and remediation firm. And one of the things that we did was mold. And we used only greener friendly solutions, which most of which I developed. So here's some friendly advice for those in Texas and Florida. But if you're somewhere and you have a water event in your house, and I just thought of this today and I, I have to apologize because I, I honestly didn't think of it. I didn't think this would be of any use to anybody. And I, look, see, you never have a job that, that you don't learn something that could be of value to somebody at some point in time. All of it matters. So here's some advice for you. If you have a water event, water intrusion, whatever, whatever the case is, if it has to do with that, I'm going to buzzsaw through these because we're almost out of time. Bleach in a high enough concentration to kill mold will also kill you. Bleach is cheap for a reason. Use real biocide and surface treatment. Remember, the mold on the cellulose material isn't the issue. It's the mold in the material that is the issue. Bleach does not kill mold properly or permanently. Use biocide and use sporocide, and then use a treatment on the outside afterward. I know it's belt and suspenders, but I'm telling you, if you never want a problem ever again, fix it right. If you're excising uh, drywall or carpeting, padding, flooring, whatever the case may be, and look, here it is. If it got wet, it should be excised, every bit of it. If you're going to do that yourself, wear the best mask and eye protection you can obtain. You got one set of eyes. You got one set of lungs. And by the way, while you're doing this, wear a pair of gloves you don't mind throwing away. Now, we had the moon suits and all that stuff, and that's not everybody can do that. The, each of our masks were almost $200. The, every six hours, we had to change our cartridges, and they were 40 bucks each, every six hours. If you want to know why it's expensive to have done it right, that's part of the reason. If you're excising, I mean cutting away, drywall or a gypsum wall board or plaster, whatever it is, cut it all out if you had any more water than two feet up the wall for any amount of time. Why do I say that? In other words, take all the drywall out, floor to ceiling. And when you do that, by the way, don't cut it into bigger sections than four foot by four foot. That's even a little bit big. You want to cut it so you can put it in those big giant uh, plastic bags, seal them and take them out. Don't cut them so big and fill them so full you break your back. I'm telling you, you'll injure yourself. Take it little bit by little bit. Don't fill it up all the way. Take all of the insulation. Get rid of it. Same thing, plastic bags, gloves, mask, and eye protection all the time. Yes, I know it's hot. It's terrible. Get you a Tyvek suit. They're cheap. 
get a bunch of them. You'll go through them repeatedly. You'll tear them. Keep that stuff off of you. But I'm telling you, if the reason why I say if you had water more than two feet up the wall for any amount of time to take it all out, the reason why I say that is because there's something called wicking. And if the inner chamber of the wall is saturated at any point, that inner chamber of the wall where the in between the studs and all that create a moisture chamber which it'll spread the, the mold even further up than where the water is. In fact, it'll fill that whole chamber with it. And, and the whole black mold thing, by the way, you hear people say, um, well, it wasn't the black kind. Listen, penicillium and aspergillus, they, the, the gray and the white, very fine. You can barely see it. And sometimes you can't see it without magnification. Much worse, much worse than the, uh, toxic black mold. Yeah, the toxic black mold looks scary and, and all that stuff, but it's not necessarily the worst one. Before you re-drywall and carpet, you've got to gain access to industrial dehumidifiers. If your home is a, if your one floor is more than 1,200 square feet, get two of them. And run those industrial dehumidifiers after you tear everything out for 72 hours, dry out all of the porous material in your in your home because they retain, they suck in this moisture. It takes a lot of time to dry it all out. And let me tell you, if you have a crawl space, you've got to dry that crawl space out completely and then you've got to condition it. And don't redo anything before everything is completely Sahara Desert dry. Now here's your goal. You've got to get the treatment area to below 78 degrees Fahrenheit and the relative humidity below 50%. Now, conventional wisdom is 80 degrees Fahrenheit and 60% relative humidity, but I'm gonna promise you this, in my experience, doing, I don't know, several hundred, probably way more than that, I guess. It's, the reality is, is the standard, the IICRC S520 standard is wrong. It will, mold will form for sure below 78 and below 50%. So you wanna get it, you want to get it. The heat doesn't matter as much as the humidity. You've got to get the humidity down. Use a shop vac on all surfaces before spraying them with a recognized biocide. You get, even if you don't see dust, run that thing over, scrub it down with that. I mean, really, really do a thorough job. Trap all that you can. Now, for the first four feet of drywall, when you go to reinstall that first four feet, you're going to lay them on the side four by eight sheet, instead of laying them straight up and down, lay them on the side, lay them on the side. You want the mold resistant green board. That's what you want. You say, well, that's more expensive. It's only about 10 to 12% more expensive in most cases. And it's not completely mold impervious, but it most assuredly is better. Now, before you install anything, you want to vacuum everything you want to dry everything and then with a biocide sporocide and a treatment spray you absolutely you absolutely it's critical beyond critical that you treat it all of the studs all of the cellulose material you saturate and and you saturate that last time to rejection you do that three times to rejection before uh, you ever replace anything. Seriously, it's super critical. You have no idea how critical it is. And and listen, 
you spray the ceiling too. And if the ceiling was ever wet in any way, shape, or form, either spray it, vac it, or cut it out and just put new in. You won't regret it. You do this on all surfaces, by the way, and I know it takes a lot longer, but it's so worth it. Seriously. Now, a word about crawl spaces. Friends, if, if you're impacted by the hurricane or flooding or you have any sort of flooding at all, you got to get a look at the crawl space and nobody likes crawl spaces. Now, down there, uh, you got to be fully aware that snakes, alligators, real serious spiders that can kill you, more than likely, they're going to be down there and they're going to be hungry. And it's going to be nasty. It's going to be the nastiest thing you've probably ever done. You're going to be crawling on your belly or on your back. It's not fun but it's gotta be done. It's gotta be done because you've gotta completely dry that out and you've gotta completely ventilate it, flush that air, flush that humidity, flush all that, treat it because if you leave it, because you don't wanna be down there, you don't want the heat stack effect, that's what'll get you, the heat stack effect. And that's that warm rushing air that warm, moist air that rushes up. It's terrible. We're ending our Block Talk radio show, but if you're on Spreaker, uh, we'll still be here for a couple more minutes. We'll finish this up, and then we'll end the show.